everybody, and welcome to Dan and CJ Versus, where we unpack a different piece of pop culture every week and try to use it to prognosticate about where the future of pop culture at large is heading. I'm Dan. The Grammys happened. The Grammys <laughs> did happen. It was a thing that happened last night as of this recording. And I think personally that it was the most interesting Grammy Awards that have aired in quite some time. Yeah. I I think that I watched, I used to watch the Grammys every year, but now sometimes, uh, especially in the last few years, sometimes I skip. I used to have a hard and fast rule about uh, watching music award shows that did not have Beyonce. (laughs) I can understand that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we we sort of talked about it while we were sort of uh, texting each other Mm -hmm. during the show last night. We, they opened the show with Camila Cabello. Yeah. Who I've decided to stop referring to by just Havana Unana. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, she's singing that song, yeah. however. And they turned it into this medley thing where it was her and also Ricky Martin. And important Ricky Martin news, Ricky Martin, still fine. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> Uh, Jay Balvin uh, was there. Who he was also there. Performed. Yes, he was also there, <laughs> doing um, a very very low register version of me. And Tay. Oh yeah, so out of his range. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm um, in in. It was very the production quality of that number was very very nice, very good. Yeah, but my whole thing is. And I was explaining this to you last night. I think that singing on TV is a very specific art. Yeah. And singing with the the intent for people to hear you is something that's sort of lost on this. We saw this at the Maroon 5 Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah. uh, Where I I also just don't think that Adam Levine has a very strong voice. But the thing about it Mm -hmm. is so many of the popular artists that are out right now either don't have strong voices or aren't thrust in front of us like the people who don't have strong voices. Right. And And you could Camila Cabello. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely. And Camila Cabello, for all of her popularity and stuff, she comes from a a singing ass group. Um, Yeah, that's true. Who who in the the two I think who have the strongest voices are not the ones that are sort of being thrust upon us by the internet. Oh yes, you're right. Uh, I think and I but but I do think those two are actually starting to now have some momentum behind them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, definitely. I, saw, uh, I believe one of them, her name is Lauren. And yes. uh, the other girl, her name is Dinah. And I think they both have singles. I don't. Yes. If I if I have listened to them, I don't remember. Right. Them. But it uh, also wasn't Normani a part of the group as well? Normani was. I, I haven't been impressed by her live. Okay. I, I remember she did at the American Music Awards that song Love Lies with Khalid. Mm. And I remember her being a very good performer, like as a, like a dancer and yeah. just having a presence on stage. Yes. I remember that being pretty compelling, but just as a singer, I'm still waiting for her to sort of blow my socks off in that regard, especially for her to be such a big part of this. Uh, right. Who's the next quote unquote Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, conversation that crops up on the internet every couple of years. Yeah. Who is the next Beyonce? Is there going yeah. to be a next Beyonce? It was like <laughs> Tanache. Oh, really? Uh, that was, was the... that was sort of swirled around for her. Um, That's interesting. I think for a while it might have. Well, I, 
because of the similarities in their voices, I okay. think Ariana gets mixed up with Mariah Carey a lot. Yeah. But the thing about where a Beyonce might fit in this particular conversation of pop music is that Beyonce has a much stronger voice than everybody else in her lane. Yeah. But all the people who have voices as strong as hers or stronger than hers don't want to do all of this, don't want to do the dance numbers. Don't they're they're right. not interested in making pop music. They're interested in making music where the voice is the star whereas yeah with beyonce's music the voice her voice is complementary to her personality yes and, yeah and pop music sort of thrives on personality i agree um but back to the show at large it was hosted by alicia keys which i had a lot of feelings about but i think that i have sort of settled on enjoying how did you feel about alicia keys as a host uh, I'm a fan of Alicia Keys when she's in front of the camera and like essentially performing for a crowd or performing on like a reality based show because I've seen her as a coach on The Voice and I think she did an incredible job uh, for the two years that she was on The Voice, I believe. Maybe oh I I might be, I might be wrong but I'm pretty sure one of her contestants actually won the whole show. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh one of her contestants did win the whole show. Um he's an artist by the name of Chris Blue and he okay. has a fantastic voice. Um and I hope that he gets a little bit more of a like a heft behind the behind his career because Alicia was so involved in his process. And she seems mm-hmm. like the pe- the person that would be most certainly uh, involved in helping forward artists' careers. And I think mm-hmm. you, you could tell that on this show as well. Like she tried to set this tone that of like a very welcoming atmosphere, mm-hmm. one that is very loving and appreciative <laughs> of of music and the people. People that are involved in making the music. Yeah, I think I tweeted last night that Alicia Keys seemed like she was just having people over for the Grammys. <laughs> like, hey, you want to all watch the Grammys? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, just for her, just it, the her cadence of voice yeah. and stuff like because she was high as hell but her <laughs> cadence of voice and the way she was acting even down to like the clothes she was wearing and that wrap with that really like comfortable looking flowy uh, like uh, blue green pantsuit or yes. jumpsuit that yeah. she was wearing yeah. where it just seemed like she was just inviting you in she was just like hey baby thank you for coming to the Grammys uh, <laughs> I'm I, let's do you want a Grammy let's go to uh, y'all we going to the kitchen to get a Grammy yeah. y'all want a Grammy yeah. and then, <laughs> that's the way the whole show you felt know to me. I mean that, that that works I mean it, it, generally a lot of people are like super uptight about these award shows and like Mm -hmm. anxious and nervous and you need like a calming presence to be like it's all gonna be okay you're still gonna have a career after this night (laughs) well yeah i think that i think that she brought an energy a vibe to the ceremony that you just don't get at award shows because i think that our two modes for award shows that everyone seems to recognize is the sort of manic and showy Yes. Award show host. Yeah. Um, I think that Billy Crystal falls into that. Yeah. Uh, I think that the the tragic uh, Anne Hathaway and James Franco year of the Oscars falls into that. Yeah. Or you get into what Ricky Gervais does at the fucking Golden Globes, <laughs> which I hate, which is... Um, 
everybody is there to get awards and uh, yeah the golden globes are silly but yeah like the worst thing for me as a person who you who enjoys watching award shows for the for the most part yeah the worst thing that you can do is spend the entirety of the award show going isn't this all stupid shouldn't we not even be here yeah doesn't this make no sense yeah and, and, and no one finds it important because then why are we watching yeah that's true. You know? What? Because I, yeah. I, I think there's something to be said about these things being television series or, or, or TV shows as well right. as award ceremonies. Yeah. And yeah, I think there should be pains taken to make sure that the people at home are entertained somewhat. I agree. You yeah. know? Yeah. But at the same time, there is a function. And if that function is gone, to which I think one could argue that the function for the Grammys at least is going. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. If that function is gone, then why are we doing this? Yeah. I mean, you saw you saw it on display when Drake accepted his award and he started Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, it doesn't really matter whether or not you have a Grammy. And like, I mm-hmm. mean, like a lot of the, th- a lot of the instances. And the Grammy girl said, oh, uh, well, guess what? Uh, <laughs> tonight's show was brought to you by Aladdin. Uh, and um, the, and the, we'll the, see you next year. Um, uh, you better go find Kiki. Because <laughs> uh, you can't be on our stage oh anymore talking your bullshit. Well, I mean, uh, he, uh, the way that he the way that he spoke about that, I think mm-hmm. spoke really uh, intently to something that I kind of wanted to talk about uh, in regards to what it was like. And it's the, it's the fact that we have so many different niche audiences with music now that mm-hmm. like what even is the point of having a broad stroke awards ceremony to honor these awards outside of what outside of what you're talking about in regards to uh, it being uh, a television moment that people can watch mm-hmm. and talk about the next day. And yeah. I, I, and I think that just lends to the fact of, you know, I, I talk about this a lot on my, uh, my show, the mix down where it's like, there are so many people making and putting out music all at once at the same time, simultaneously, it is overwhelming and it is overwhelming the amount of different kinds of fans that you come across and different kind of niche audiences that you come across nowadays in regards to, uh, who likes what and what artist is popular when. Um, Mm -hmm. and so when, when Drake was like, yeah, the record industry might not understand you, but if you are, if you have an audience and if you have people that are singing your songs and are willing to invest the time to come out and see your shows and, and watch your, watch your music videos and all of your behind the scenes stuff and all that stuff, then you've won. You don't need a Grammy award. And I think that was, that was a really, that was a really, outside of the whole, outside of the whole cutting off moment, Mm -hmm. um, I think that was really poignant. And Which I, I think very much overshadowed his point. Yeah. 
It did overshadow also, his point, yeah. Why was Drake there? Like he wasn't supposed Drake, to be. Drake made a big deal, I think, a couple years ago about like not not coming to the Grammys. Yeah. And I think a lot of black artists do that because the Grammys have a long history of not recognizing or rewarding non-white talent. Right. Where when you know they're up for the top honors, your best new artist, or not best new artist, but your best album. Best or album, yeah, best. record of the year yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, which was which was very disappointing because I know that a lot of people. I think because a couple of years ago there was a big upset because there were no, several yeah, big six ones. years ago. Several there was big a big ones. upset, but I I think that the conversation around it, especially online, really, really took off when Beck for his album Morning Phase, I believe. Yeah. Uh, one album of the year over Beyonce self-titled. Right. And uh, an album that the air was thick with. Yeah. <laughs> that year. Correct. Like absurdly thick with. <laughs> and I and and I I remember really enjoying that Beck album. Yeah. Not as much as I enjoyed Beyonce's album, but I remember really enjoying it and right. not being terribly disappointed and yeah. <laughs> uh, being uh, disappointed some, but not terribly disappointed because at least it went to like my other favorite thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, in that category. That's another thing. It's in like everybody, everybody has more than one favorite horse in the race for album of the year for the mm -hmm. most part, which is, which is, I was just glad it wasn't that daggone scorpion. <laughs> I was just glad that it wasn't, you know, it, it like this year, uh, the album of the year winner obviously was Casey Musgraves for her album Golden Hour, yeah. which is an amazing album. One of my yeah. favorites of last year. Um, it's crazy. One of her songs. I yeah, one of her songs, High Horse, ended up on my top 50 favorite songs of the year. That is an insanely good album and the closest to perfect that a that a country album has been, I, in my personal opinion, in a very long time. I understand it now a little bit more, but I, I was genuinely surprised when I woke I like I went to bed before Record of the Year and Album of the Year were announced. So mm -hmm. I woke up and I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It was something it was something completely different. I wasn't expecting it. I, I wasn't necessarily tuned into Casey Musgraves all that much. Uh, mm -hmm. I had listened to High Horse and I listened to some of, of Golden Hour. And uh, and I told you this last night. I'm like, she's a cross between Karen Carpenter and Dolly Parton. She very much is. And I think that it's also opened up an interesting conversation because there's a lot of people trolling country stations right now online being like, oh, well, now you want to play Casey Musgraves right. because she won album of the year at the Grammys. Because yeah. Casey Musgraves made a lot of waves when she first started popping. Right where she was very outspoken about her support of the LGBT community. A lot of her songs sort of show a a different and more somber and deconstructionist side of a lot of the like new bro country right. kind of tropes that yeah. end up in a lot of popular country music. Yeah. So she she rubbed a lot of like big 
sort of big wigs in country musics, uh, she rubbed them the wrong way. And, and so she doesn't get played on country stations and she doesn't really get played on pop stations, which I hope changes. Yes. Because, uh, I, I, you know, I love a crossover. But yeah. that was really surprising to me to see her win not only country album of the year, because I, I think the general consensus was that that was going to go to Luke Combs, oh. who took it really well and in stride, okay. I think, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but even though there were a lot of people who were just like, who's Casey Musgraves? And I was just like, and it took everything <laughs> in my power not to be like, to reply just like, who are you? Get some taste. Um, <laughs> but Casey Musgraves' album is very good. But yeah. back to the, the to the show in general. Did you have a like a favorite moment in the show? I, the show make, they make a big deal about quote unquote Grammy moments. It's just it's not a moment if you're telling me about it. I think for the last few years they've just been like, and when we come back, this artist and this artist are coming together for a Grammy moment that you yeah. won't forget. Yeah, I'm gonna forget it. They, 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 <laughs> they've been doing they've been doing that for like the last couple of years, and I think a lot of I think a lot of. Uh, a lot of award shows have been sort of embracing the insert award show moment thing into their uh, into their language. I've just noted, mm-hmm. I've taken note of that in general, and I think it's because they want every single moment to have at least one single conversation happening about it the next day. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that's literally that, that's literally the only reason why I think they have adopted it. Um, yeah. Because that that's because they know that they're going going to be relevant for maybe three days, and this, so they want to compact the yeah. best parts of it into like little bite sized moments that you can repost yeah. on Twitter. Um, and even the moments from like older Grammy telecasts and stuff. People remember that moment yes, from that year. Exactly. People remember in 2004, Beyonce on stage with Prince. Yeah. People remember Hozier and Annie Lennox yeah. and stuff like that. It's never multiple things. And I think there's a lot of stuff that happened this year that's going to go down in infamy. But did you have a favorite moment that you really enjoyed from the, the ceremony? Right. I had I had maybe th- three. Okay. Um, one was just in a general awards moment. Um uh and it was it was Alicia Keys recounting recounting when she thought she was gonna win Song of the Year, but then it went to John Mayer, and then John Mayer came out on stage and was like, "Remember That's that time we <laughs> remember that time we broke the Grammy in half because I didn't think I deserved the record." or I didn't think I deserved it for song of the year. So I was like, I'm sharing this Grammy with you. Uh, that was cool. I liked that. It was a cute little moment and sort of, it was, it was, it It just reminded me of like, Alicia, girl, we ain't at your house. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Cause she's, cause she kept, she kept doing, she was like, even in that medley that she did where she's like, man, these are the songs that I wish that I wrote. Yeah. When she was on stage barefoot and playing them dueling pianos, which was really cool. Which was was really cool. So cool. But at the same time, it was just like, remember all these songs that I wish that I wrote? And then the one song that I knew I did wrote and it was the, the biggest hit of my life. Um, that was, that was funny. But that, but that moment with John Mayer was really good. Um, and then in regards to performances, uh, I was really taken by her, who had mm-hmm. a big night in regards to- Yeah, she did. Her. I'm so glad she didn't win Best New Artist, because that has a curse. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, that's, 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 uh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, especially, especially given the, the status of the best new artist current that, that won last night. Um, mm. But her performance was fantastic. In fact, I went and listened to the entire EP that that song that she performed was from front to back last Mm -hmm. uh, today. Um, Fantastic EP. I highly I mean, like I I had heard that other album that that she was actually nominated for um, Mm -hmm. already. Um, But just like doing a deeper dive and seeing how she's honed her craft. And she's only 21 years old and has been like on Mm -hmm. RCA since she was like seven. Oh, I remember. (laughs) her i remember seeing her on good morning america when she was like 13 it's crazy and so like this is a this was this night was like i think she's gonna be one of the last like big label artists that that were like super developed by Mm -hmm. by like agents and reps and a and r's and all that stuff she's Mm -hmm. gonna be the last big one to pop because i think she's going to i think i think now this is going to give her a much needed boost especially with the performance um and especially with the wins because people are going to go and investigate who she is and what she, what she's done in her work and i'm excited cuz she's going they're going to find out they're going to find out about her and then they're going to find out about uh daniel caesar because because of that collab track that they did and they're both incredible Love daniel caesar they're both incredible r&b artists that more people need to know about um, and then the third moment was uh brandy carlisle's performance yeah. that that brought the house down. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness! It was so funny. I was I was listening to Collider Live because I just have it in, on in the background when I uh, am working because yeah. uh, you know I'm a masochist, I guess. But I was listening <laughs> to them talk about how like they're just like, "Where's rock and roll? Like, there's no rock and roll." And I was just like, "Did they not see Brandy Carla?" And I'll say that she came later in the night, so maybe people had turned it off by that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, also the kids just aren't into rock. Um, I will say that it is. It is a it is making a slow but sure comeback in in the form so of too. different different kinds of rock music that people aren't used to. I mean like sure, best rock album of the night went to Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> But I also think that the time for white men in t-shirts with long hair who are sweaty screaming into a microphone and singing about and singing about riding over the hills with my mighty steed as I strike down my enemies with my sword of power. Well, I think that that (laughs) that kind of content is necessarily um, is necessarily out of style, especially because I think one of the best rock efforts last year was that Ghost album. True, I know I let you hear that song, Rats. Yeah. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, that was good. Like if they really wanted a rock, like a classic-ish rock presence there, right. I think Ghost would have been uh, very, very good. And they were nominated, right? Um, cool. Uh, which, which was cool. Uh, and, and they, they very honestly should have won over Greta Van Fleet. Um, mm. But uh, I think that. And also, I think Brandy Carlisle was sort of um, grouped in with country, yeah. which I have we I have like mixed feelings about. Folk music is a really is that a, is in a really weird place because either you're pop music like like Mad mm-hmm. like Maggie Rogers, or you are you are more folk Whose music. New album is fantastic, by the way. Agreed. I hope it gets some nominations next year. That should be great if that happens. Um, or 
overnight and, is so, oh overnight is so great. And sorry, I, I really I really hope that she does she doesn't win for best new artist. Then if that's if there's a curse mm-hmm. behind that because there is a curse. It's just like people it, pe- those people tend to fall off pretty hard. And I'm not gonna say that the person who won it last night is gonna fall off pretty hard. But I, I've kind of been predicting that kind of thing for a while <laughs> about her, especially yeah. okay. So for me, my my favorite moments of the night were definitely the Brandy Carlisle performance because I feel like I have been trying to put people on to that Brandy Carlisle album for an entire year. You've been doing yeah, you've been doing that with me for the entire year. I know I've that. Been, I've been trying to do that good work. Yeah. Um even though I really enjoyed the Diana Ross performance cuz it's always it's just always really nice to see Diana Ross. Yeah. Um yeah. and she did reach out and touch somebody's hand and she went out into the audience did. like she used to do. It was really cool. <laughs> she sang with um, Jaden Smith. <laughs> and she sang with Jaden Smith. Who very obviously did not know the song that she was singing. That's fine. You've got your Goku thing going on. But we <laughs> but then she goes out to the pedestal stage that's sort of in the middle of the crowd. Yes. And she's like leading everyone in song and stuff. And yep. she just ends the entire thing by pointing at herself and jumping up and down and saying, happy, happy birthday, birthday to me. To me. And Every, you know happy what? Happy birthday to me, everybody. I, I, and I told you this last night. I was, I was in genuine shock that Diana Ross is 75 years old. She does not look a day over 55. And she still sounds great. I know there, there's a, a lot more grit and for lack of a better term, just sort of a lot more like soil in her voice. Yeah. If you understand what I'm saying, it's just yes. that has really helped her evolve as an as an artist and as a vocal talent as she's gotten older. Yeah. And, to, and she still sounds so, so good. Uh, and Smokey Robinson still sounds good. Speaking yeah. of Smokey Robinson. It's impressive. It's impressive. Like, <laughs> somebody last night was calling him an android because he's like, because he kind of like sings a little bit like one. <laughs> I think he, no, that was Lionel Richie in that commercial. I was just Smokey like. Smokey Robinson's voice definitely does have a timeless quality about it to where it can be like a little bit off-putting where I was like, Oh, he's, that's like, it's almost like robotic in the sense that like that, that, that voice has kind of like remained consistent and consistently good as a tenor voice. That's hard. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do when you get into an older age. My other favorite moment of the night was Cardi B winning best rap album. Mm. She's the first woman to ever win that. Uh, There was was a lot of history made last night. Especially, especially with women. I think that Cardi B, even though she was lip syncing, I really, I really don't care about people lip syncing especially rap because rap is not about vocals <laughs> but the um and she performed money which is a song that i'm i'm fine with but it was a very good performance yeah uh especially because cardi was a stripper and strippers are show people right um and but her winning and that speech was so affecting yeah uh, I I loved every minute of it, even though it was basically ruined by that man that keeps embarrassing her. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, that that was uh really cool, and I really liked how she um she didn't do it on stage, but backstage, she dedicated the award to Mac, uh, Mac Miller and his parents because they had said that if they were rooting any, for anybody besides him, it would be Cardi. 
that was yeah that was really nice of her and then it was like man the fact that 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 she was getting so much flack for winning an award which she had worked from the sound of like the whole process of making that album she worked day and night mm-hmm. while she was with child and like yep. that's a that's an incredibly challenging challenging thing to do normally like even with even with you without trial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that there's also something to be said about the idea that Cardi is the people's champ because we saw her rise up from, you know, she was a stripper who got a chance to be on a reality show. And then she parlayed that reality TV stuff into a music career. Yeah. And we saw her improve because yes. those first two mixtapes of hers are kind of like, ugh. But like, and then she got better and yeah. she got better. And then she had her moment. Right. And she has made sure that she keeps working to make sure that, that moment doesn't stop anytime soon. And it was just really, really cool yeah. to see her up there. Yeah. And then I think my last, if I had to only do three, I think my last favorite moment of the night was the very good but very short Aretha Franklin tribute. Oh, yeah. With Andre Day, who I... Andre Day gets invited to a lot of tributes for soul divas of yesteryear. She does. Um, yeah. For her to have that one song, just a tangent about that song of hers. That, uh, <laughs> and I rise yep, up. Yep. That song. Okay. So it's covered by every I single acapella so group on demand. <laughs> I got so tired of that song and hearing that song. And I remember going to the movies with a friend of mine and we saw the trailer for this movie called Stronger, which is about this man who lost his legs in the Boston Marathon yep, bombing yep, yep. with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. And the trailer, the I haven't seen the movie. Uh, while I am sympathetic to the real life man, the movie didn't look particularly compelling to me. It very looked, it looked very Oscar Beatty, very, uh, very saccharine towards the end of the trailer right. to the point where he, he is doing his uh, physical therapy and stuff like that and just about to give up. And I turn to my friend and I say, if they play that damn <laughs> and I rise up song, I'm going to be, I will walk out of the theater. And then they did it because the universe was fucking testing me. I was so, uh, but yeah, anyway, on Andrew day, uh, she was there, yeah. uh, as well as Fantasia, mm-hmm. who I always I love hearing Fantasia. She's so I, good. Fantasia does not get the roses that she deserves. <laughs> I, once, I once did a. I once tried to start a challenge because uh, there was one video that I saw of her where she was literally singing everything off of the top of her head she was like improvising mm-hmm. it or she was like singing from the phone book or something like that like you she was like singing numbers and names from the phone book or something like that mm-hmm. and i was like oh that'd be fun let's do the let's try and do the fantasia challenge and so for mine i tried to sing <laughs> i tried to sing cookbook ingredients <laughs> oh my gosh uh i don't think the video is still up because it just was bad um <laughs> i'm just gonna say it it's a, my, I, like my singing is nowhere near comparable to fantasia um so uh yes i i was i i am consistently impressed by what i see from from fantasia yeah and i and i really wish she would cross over a little bit more yeah because i think her voice would sound amazing on like a disclosure track oh yeah i think 
and and, and she just uh, she did a Christmas album a couple of uh, years ago that was very good too. I, I I just really like Fantasia, and also Yolanda Adams is there, yeah. who is a uh, a who is a pop culture remnant of my childhood. <laughs> that and I love her. I think she has a wonderful voice yeah. and a big voice, which she has to because she has a big mouth. Yeah, and um, <laughs> they are all singing "Natural Woman," which they were all fantastic at, and they ended on this harmony Tri- triad triad chord oh, <laughs> ooh, it's so good it was so so good and i saw this tweet the other night that said uh they said oh i love it when yolanda adams is singing singing <laughs> <laughs> uh, i just I, I thought that was the funniest thing in the world because i think it was at the bet awards last year where the Migos were on stage and they were doing stir fry and they cut to the audience and the Yolanda Adams was singing along to stir fry and then it became a <laughs> meme all night that was just how does Yolanda Adams know stir fry? <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I think that was that was uh, that was fantastic in a in a night of ups and downs. I thought that was uh, a standout moment, even though it was very short. Now, yeah, were there any moments that stuck out to you? as weird or um, not great <laughs> uh i didn't I, I didn't particularly watch the weird moments so what happened was mm. um i went to do something else when when post malone came on <laughs> okay so so here's what happened so post malone is at, to uh, apparently was singing a song and I want to emphasize singing because Post Malone is not a rapper. No, he's not. You can't put fake snares on alternative music and call it hip hop. That's not what hip hop is. Right. And uh, he, he goes out there and apparently he was supposed to be performing a song that he does with 21 Savage, who, um, yes. if you have been living under a rock, is being detained by ICE because it was recently revealed that he was born in the UK and came over here when he was like five. And it was weird that he didn't mention him at all. Yeah, that is weird. And that would have been a, that would have been an important that would have been important in general just to like bring yeah, that the up. The only person who mentioned Twenty One Savage at all was I believe his name is Lud- Ludwig. Is it Goranson? the 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 man who did oh, the Lud- score for Black Panther? Yeah, Ludwig Goranson who, who did, did yeah. the score for Black Panther, and he also worked mm-hmm. with Childish Gambino on the This Is America. Yep, and uh, Twenty One Savage was one of the ad libbers on This Is America. Yes. So in in his speech, uh, Ludwig was the only person all night that mentioned Twenty One Savage, which was insane. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but uh, then they had the Red Hot Chili Peppers come out and perform uh, with Post Malone. I can only imagine that was when you said perform, you did a did you do a quotes thing? Uh, no, okay. I didn't. I, it was it was weird. It was weird because I don't I don't get the through line there, right. and uh, I could see if Red Hot Chili Peppers came out to perform with like. Um, who were the guys? The heathen guys. Um, Twenty one pilots. Twenty one pilots. That makes sense. That is a that is a one to one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that makes sense to me. This did not, and um, I am also constantly in awe of how Post Malone could possibly ever in any timeline be younger than me, because won't drugs do it? Um, <laughs> oh boy, it, it's insane. And I'm guessing they blend they blended one of his songs with a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. The man from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who is yeah. always um, wearing uh, a top at the beginning of a Red Hot Chili 
Pepper's performance, but then uh, yeah. towards the end, always inexplicably sands that top. <laughs> it was apparently a deep cut, right? Mm-hmm. I know Californication and I know Danny California. <laughs> but uh, there's too much stuff to consider. Anything other than like, yeah, Danny California Dan- can't stop to most people is like a, a Red Hot Chili Peppers deep cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I chose to skip out on that. And I think I, I apparently like missed out on a lot of the meh performances. Uh, well, there was also the, the thing that most people were talking about that was really odd was a Motown tribute. Yes. Oh, no, I did see that one. Yeah, that was done by Smokey Robinson, Neo... Cause okay, and uh, Jennifer Lopez with like a with like uh, which, a with like a five second appearance from Alicia Keys. Yeah, with a five second appearance from Alicia Keys, and and to Jennifer Lopez's credit, she's a beautiful woman. She can dance her her little tail off, or well, her tail's not little, but her she can she can dance, and she had you know those Supremes style dance moves and uh, and movements down but then she like yeah. she she has this uh this sort of cloak on and sort of was doubling as a dress and then she sort of tears that off and she's in a leotard it's certainly and she's doing it was it was very not motown it was sort of a vegas review version of motown yes which i i was like okay yeah it was and it was it was good to hear some of those songs and and I would say that Jennifer Lopez's voice or the augmented voices of Jennifer Lopez and whoever else is singing the, the mix of that voice. Yeah. Um, sounded very good on like Square Biz by Tina Marie. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Jennifer Lopez in a Tina Marie tribute or something like that. But but it was it was just really, really odd and really tone deaf, especially yeah. when Diana Ross was there. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know who it's, this was for. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was just weird. You know, I again, like like you mentioned, like, I mean. You have you have a host that is primarily also raised on on that kind of music, and that grew mm-hmm. up with grew up with that kind. Of, you, you have so many you have so many different artists who are more who are more geared towards that style of music. Not to say that not to say that J Lo probably didn't grow up with that stuff in her household and like yeah. all that stuff. But just there there were but so it many is black music that was sang by black people. Yeah, and exactly. It's very odd. To sort of center uh, this, uh, to center a, a Latina artist who doesn't have a particularly strong voice, which was one of the tenets of Motown. Right, is big voices singing these songs. Yeah, it just seemed really uh, bad optics wise. Yeah, and yeah, and the dance, like even the dance moves, dance move stuff. That's like second. That was secondary to the the primary focus of what Motown was all about, which was the vocals, the different mm-hmm. kinds of vocal harmonic stylings of the different kinds of groups that came out of that era. Um, mm-hmm. That was what was essential about M- Motown that was not captured in that performance. Yeah. Well, um, I, before we get out of here, I really wanted to talk a little bit about the place of award shows in pop culture right now. Sure. Do you think that there is still what, if the Grammys is just going to be a showcase, 
mm-hmm. for popular music or right. what the record industry wants to uh, sort of position as popular music, yeah. then what is the point of the awards? Because they give out most of the awards off, off screen. screen now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I've noticed I've noticed this with pretty much all the award shows that have come in this in this year at this point. A lot of people are 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 calling into question like what's the point of of the awards? Um I think we inherently have a by by nature we are we are we are still very competitive even though it is at a even though we are now in a cult, a, a culture of 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 doing our best to be as inclusive as possible. I still think that there is a, a undercurrent of competition uh, that people are excited by. And it's not necessarily a bad kind of competition. I think I think competition between music artists can be really exciting um, if, if, uh, if they're inspired by each other and putting out works to sort of like, I don't know, have like a little like almost conversation back and forth I think that I think is really cool you have like you have examples through history like uh the Beatles and the Beach Boys and Michael Jackson and Prince of just like them trying to do the one-up kind of game where it's like uh, they put out a great work and then they respond and then then the next artist responds with an with another great work I think there's that um I think the value of it being an awards show is that music is becoming a lot more of a visual medium. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think this is evidenced most by the winning the winning song of the year and record of the year, which is This Is America. A, a song that is so fundamentally tied to the visuals that were released with it um, mm-hmm. to the point where it is now, it, it was all, it also won, I believe, best music video. Um, and uh, I just, I think, I think there's something that a lot of people are drawn to um, visually nowadays that, that, that just sucks people in. And because we're such a very, we're becoming a much more visual culture in general um, that, you have to have these moments like the Grammys or at least some sort of live performance type thing. Cause like if there wasn't the Grammys, then there would just probably be like, it'd be cool if there was like this little mini festival thing in where like all the winners performed in one shot and one night, that could be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think, but how do you get all those people there without some incentive. sort of incentive, yeah. like a Grammy award? Right. Yeah. I can see that. But uh, yeah, I think I, well, I mean, I think the opportunity to get new audiences, get a new reach by way of performing visually, by doing what they do in a concert to a crowd is, mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a good incentive. Yeah, I think those are the two big points that I think are big is that there, there is, there is a, still a friendly competition that people are invested in. People have horses in the race. Um, oh, yeah. And also, uh, like, and, and again, speaking, going back to the visual medium, you had, you had dirty computer as well as one of the big big horses in the race which mm-hmm. i'm which i'm kind of i'm kind of annoyed didn't really get as as uh as big of a uh uh acknowledgement from the recording academy as i as i had mm-hmm. hoped because it is a very singular is a very singular uh album and uh it yeah. is a very singular visual effort as well um mm-hmm. yeah that's those are kind of my thoughts i think it's difficult i think 
that Janelle has a very difficult time getting on people's radar because her work is so specific. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't play as broad as a lot of the other stuff does. Right. Um, even though I know there's a lot of people who would have rather it won uh, album, album of the year. year over something like Golden Hour, which... Um, I have specific issues with because because Golden Hour was was for first and foremost a country album right and it was a very very good country album and it yeah. just you know and and then you're you're putting genres against each other which is really odd right and also I'm one of the few people who was a little let down by Dirty Computer uh, and I think that a lot of that sure. has to do with its sort of chronological proximity to Electric Lady which. Mm is one of the greatest pop albums of the current decade. I can see that. And, yeah. and, and um, this one felt a little bit more thematically muddled. Um, it was a bit more experimental, but I think that for me, a lot of those experiments that were done uh, in the production and the, the crafting of that album were uh, some of them worked and some of them didn't. Yeah. Um, in terms of like all of those albums, I would say except that were nominated for album of the year with the exception of uh unfortunately the two white ladies casey musgraves Mm. and um brandy carlisle yeah a lot of them were spotty in parts whereas those are two bodies of work that were like really complete and uh thought through and they were direct they might be simple but they were direct and they accomplished what they were trying to do which is why i don't really have an issue i don't really take much issue with casey Musgraves winning album of the year. But I also think that in terms of award shows in in general, that it is time for them to change. I agree. Especially when there's so much, there's so many other things that can grab our attention now. Yeah. And the people who are watching live television aren't the people who listen to Camila Cabello. Yeah. And aren't the people who listen to Travis Scott. You know? They're not. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, that. It, it's just, it, you know, these these are older audiences and not saying that you need to sort of populate the entire show with lackluster Dolly Parton <laughs> uh, tributes. They did Dolly so dirty. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying that there needs to to be some extra incentive to get there and some bridging of the gap between generations when it comes to music because mm-hmm. uh the people that kids listen to nowadays not to say that they're not talented but there's less emphasis being put on the actual live performance of music right it's bedroom music. Yeah. It it is like as somebody That is a very good term that for is it. some as somebody who literally makes music in their bedroom, I can agree. Like, I mean, there is there is a lot of people that, uh, because of the proliferation of music technology, are not as polished and have not had the proper training, um, and uh, just are able to pull out like an MPC little mini mini keyboard and beat pad that you can get for 90 bucks on Amazon, plug it into their mm-hmm. free garage band app that you can get on a Mac computer and just make a song. Yeah. And, 
there is there is a distinct art form that comes with that that I think is really exciting and I'm excited to see I'm excited to see more I'm I'm excited to see more of the professional industry gravitate towards it and help maybe mm-hmm. foster it and nurture it but right now it's in a place where um you have a lot of these unpolished acts coming out and not knowing exactly what they're trying to be and um and and you're putting them up on the same level as these incredibly like again people like her who have been in who have been a label uh, stalwart for the last like decade of her life um yeah and uh, there is a current struggle that I don't know if it'll, I don't know if it'll still be the struggle five or 10 years from now, because I think people will have a better grasp of how to handle, um, bedroom pop musicians, bedroom, uh, bedroom rap musicians, because what's so good about the recording Academy in general, what's so good about the music industry in general is that they will still go to where the sound is being made. Um, Mm -hmm. and they will try to foster it and nurture it as best as they possibly can. Um, that is something that, that is something that the, uh, Academy in terms of in terms of the film academy, does not do. Um, they try, but I mean, I I, I just see more opportunities being present uh, for being present in the music industry for artists to work with each other and and build their craft and hone their craft more so than uh, than people in the film industry because it's just because the film industry just seems to be incredibly convoluted and 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 just blah <laughs> yeah well uh yeah that was the grammys uh, it was they're probably gonna have another one next year they and we'll will. see how that turns out yes <laughs> two predictions of one i hope maggie rogers gets some nominations for her album and two this is a long shot but maybe if there's radio maybe if there's like radio traction behind him i hope I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that uh, "Stupid Deep, Stupid Deep" by John Bellion gets uh, gets a nomination in some sort of way, um, because yeah. I think that's his big radio single that he's pushing this year. Um, he's filming a music video for it, or he filmed a music video for it that I believe is going to be released in the next few weeks. We'll see. Um, and uh, I'm really stoked for it, and I think that song will. That song, if it's if it's treated in the right way, it will reach a lot of people on on a very profound level. And I am going to predict and hope beyond hope that Lizzo gets to perform "Juice" at the yes. Grammys next year because that song is amazing. It is, and she deserves. I've been following Lizzo since I was a freshman in college. She's yeah. so great, and she deserves the world. And I hope to see her there next year. Did you see that tweet from uh, Play Cousin Podcast uh, Infinity Pod host uh, Scott? Tweet. He's she or he wrote Lizzo made Lizzo went ahead and made a, a Bruno Mars song, but performed it better than Bruno Mars ever would. Look, <laughs> we're not arguing with you because we don't argue about facts. That's um, true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, where can people find you on the internet, Dan? Well, hold up. Are we gonna do uh, flatlines? Oh yeah. Damn it. <laughs> well. I'm so tired. We'll, we'll, <laughs> just, we'll just do one. Uh, we'll do we'll do quick yeah, ones. Yeah, we can we can we can we can do uh we can do a flatline. Um do you have a flatline this week? Uh sorry. Um 
Yes, I have. I have. I have one. <laughs> I was about to say you. You stopped us. You got no flat line. What the hell? Um. Uh. My flat line is uh one that I've actually been saving for for a little while now. Um. So this this singer that I follow on on socials, her name is Susie Jones. She got she got popular on Vine. She remixed this. Uh. She remixed this viral video of this woman singing Baja Black. Oh, God. <laughs> and she mixed in she mixed in uh the high note of uh, uh of a singer from another band her uh, the band's name is Lawrence and the the mm-hmm. lead singer's name is Gracie Lawrence um and in the, in one of this in one of the songs that she sings um this song called Limbo she hits this crazy high note and sustains it for like I want to say like five, no, no, like six, seven seconds in like consistently. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's very impressive. Um, and so she basically just made this video that blends the two together. And they're this, and what, what was crazy about it was that they were the same pitch. Like they, hmm. they matched the same pitch wise. And so I was just, I was, I was dead. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I think that if I had a flatline, because I really didn't prepare one for today's <laughs> episode, if I had a flatline, it would be ha, ha. oh god, oh, oh gosh, <laughs> man, yeah, we didn't talk about Gaga, but she was on one last night. Um, <laughs> the beginning, so, <laughs> the beginning of her just doing all her moves. That was that was that was so wonderfully her. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she oh, she's. She's a she's a weirdo, and I'm and I'm glad that we have her. Yes. Uh, so, uh, no, my flatline is going to be the general internet reaction, not to the trailer that uh, played last night at the Grammys <laughs> for Disney's Aladdin, but their reaction to the images of Will Smith as the genie. <laughs> Because um, Entertainment Weekly came out a couple of months ago with their uh, with one of their notoriously awful first looks for Disney's live action remake of Aladdin that's coming out uh, this Memorial Day weekend. And Will Smith was there. He was there. He just looked like Will Smith yep. with a ponytail. Yep, exactly. And everybody was just like, oh, that's the genie? That looks so cheap. Why isn't he big? Why isn't he blue? When in fact, and then, like, that's that was then looks like exactly the design of the genie from the musical version of Aladdin. So I was just like, yeah. perfectly fine with that if that was the design. <laughs> Which is fine. And then we get to... <laughs> Uh, this this TV spot that aired last night, which does not look great, I will I will concede that it does not look great. Well, I mean, but the one part of it that the one part of it that is the least offensive to me is Will Smith coming up and just doing his Will Smith as the genie from Aladdin. Now the CGI looks unfinished. Yeah, that looks like something that they can clean up in a number of months prior to the uh, release. Uh, that's fine. Actually, I believe it's coming out in three months. Oh, it, it is. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> you know, even even so, I don't. I, he looks like Will Smith as the genie from Aladdin. Yes, like uh, I don't understand what people were expecting from this i don't understand the ire towards that in particular everyone's just like oh the genie is from the new aladdin is nightmare fuel is it 
it? Is no. it? Because it looks like the, my general head concept of Will Smith as the, as <laughs> the genie from <laughs> Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, so, I like. I, I did I, like. I was. I was genuinely surprised. I was genuinely surprised about the reaction to Will Smith as the genie because, I mean. I didn't expect anything other than that. Yeah. To be honest. And also and also maybe I'm just I can be removed from this a little bit because I don't particularly enjoy the original Disney Aladdin. Yeah. I like a whole new world. I like a friend like me. I like that song. Yeah. Um, but that movie itself is not even in my top five of that decade. Yeah. That'll so, certainly you know, the friend like me is probably is gonna be a very strange one. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be very interesting. Yes. Um, I do. I would like to know who's going to be singing the pop version of a whole new world this go round. But oh, I the, hope I hope it is. Uh, I hope it's Naomi Scott. I hope it's Naomi Scott. Well, I'm. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. I guess. Because I mean, like that would that would be awesome if, if it could be like a, instead of like somebody dubbing Them over getting her like voice. A whole new. Yeah. Well, I'm well, she's she's likely going to be singing it in the movie. I'm just talking about like the version oh, that plays like over the credits. Yes. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's my flatline. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I think that was I think that was good. Yeah. I think we got I think we got another show in the books. Um there you go. Where can people find you, CJ? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CJ period. That's C-E-E-J-A-Y. And I'm assuming you know how to spell the word period. Uh, I have another <laughs> show. It's called Below Freezing with CJ and Micah, where me and my friend Micah Black unthaw a brand new movie every week and find out whether or not it is still fresh or freezer burnt. The movies that we review and unpack are movies that come in at or below 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. 32% below it, freezing. Yes. Ha, 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 ha. Hey, jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, the last episode that we did was Just Us. We usually have a guest, but the last episode we did was Just Us. Uh, and it was over Bad Boys 2, the movie <laughs> Bad Boys 2, another Will Smith movie that almost broke Micah. So It's a hoot and three quarters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's available on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts. Indeed. Where can people find you on the internet, Dan? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the D Purcell. That is the D P U R C E L L. Uh, on YouTube, I host a show called The Mixdown. Which is, yeah, is which is essentially a show that just talks about some of these concepts that we talked about uh, today. Um, my most recent episode was actually in re- in regards to super niche audiences. Uh, my last episode was on the uh, live looper and improv uh, comedian musician Mark Rebier. Um, if you haven't heard of him, I highly recommend checking out his work. It's Mark that it's it, it's spelled like Mark Rebillet um, with two L's. Um, That's how I was pronouncing it before I watched the episode. So. <laughs> and he he's very good. He's he's a riot when you watch when you watch his performances. And I wanted to sort of uh, make a video to showcase my appreciation for that and how he kind of taps into this whole kind of notion of virality and being being sort of like a viral video or a meme. Um, and then uh, I have a song also on that 
uh, channel as well that I perform. It's called Day by Day. Uh, and I can confirm this is exclusive news. That by the end of the month, I'm going to have gonna another be in a Kia commercial. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Um, I'm just getting, I'm confirming that I have another song uh, on the way. Um, it is a rework oh, of a song that I have that's a bit that's been out for a very long time. It's called Find Your Song. Um, I decided to rework it in the style that. Um, that I'm kind of operating in, which is kind of like this hop, skippy, trip, pop kind of thing. Um, I'm excited about it because uh, <laughs> I'm working with a real producer this time as opposed to just me, um, uh, a one James Cannon. Um, very cool person, very cool uh, engineer, um, and uh, he's going to be mixing it. Uh, and I also have, uh, hopefully, cross your fingers, I have another track coming out with a guy by the name of Amorphous. Um, yeah, he does. He's the one who's known for all the Beyonce and Rihanna mega mixes. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we, we linked up and uh, we have a track in the works. So hopefully that'll be coming soon. Sweet. That's what I'm doing for the next couple of months. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm... Assuming that in the description notes, we will have a place to follow the yes. actual show. <laughs> Places to follow the actual show. You can listen to us on Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to any sort of podcasts. Until then, we'll see Where you guys next time. Take on another thing because we're, we're versing something. That is the, that is the, point, of the point of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Woo. That. <laughs> Bye. Bye.